Don't compare me with Stark. He's a sickness. Ah, Junior. You're gonna break your old man's heart. If I have to. Nobody has to break anything. Clearly you've never made an omelet. You beat me by one second. My spider senses are starting to tingle. Just hang on to your lariat. Wonder what kind of a scene I'm getting into. And welcome to Behind the Panels issue 139, the comic book show that tried to assemble but couldn't find the Allen key. I'm Richard Gray. I'm David McVeigh. I'm David Longer. In this issue, Frank Miller returns to the Dark Knight series. The only question is, which Frank Miller is returning? Also, everything is awesome as Phil Lord and Chris Miller are announced to direct a brand new animated Spider-Man film. Then, it's Convergence, Infinity Loop, The Flash, and more in what we've been reading and watching. Plus, our kick-ass pick of the week, Avengers. is behind the panels. Hold me down, please, Disney, don't sue. I'm lightheaded. <laughs> I'm going to need tea. Uh, I, think, I think I traveled for a time. <laughs> that is the culmination of a, like a, an 18-month joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Running gag. Probably be the last and time we ever we'll do it. never say it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've had reports of listeners like going to the cinema and doing that. We've had a, we had a voicemail we'll play later and we've had what emails. What We've we've created something here. Created a monster. Yeah, we have. And his name is Dave Longo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as you can probably tell, if you're listening into in a Someone in the, should make a supercut if they have the time. Just of all every of time it's ever been said. Just, on the show. Yeah. I wanted to do that. I just didn't have time to go back and do it. But that is brilliant. Listeners, there's your job. We'll yeah. do that for the hundred and fiftieth episode. Yeah, someone go back and cut that up for us. Or at least tell us where they all are so we don't have to go looking for mm. them. Um Yeah, like the, share share episodes. Like, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if somebody else can do the editing, we're sick of it. I'll listen to five. I'll listen to five. Okay. The the uh, listeners in the United States of America may be listening on somewhat jealously uh, at this episode as it drops in late April, knowing that your release of Age of Ultron is a couple of days away. And we do promise that for behind the panels today, we won't be spoiling the film. No. Um, well, but, not on purpose, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Except for that bit where everyone fucking dies at the end, you know. It's, uh, um, <laughs> But uh, the the so if you're in the US, you can still listen to this with completely free of spoilers. Don't worry about it. Yes, I realise that it's swore for some reason, but ah well, it's 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 Age of Ultron, and I'm just still lightheaded from yes, that from that yeah. long of. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that was the longest of I've ever said. Um, actually, <laughs> Maxwell Smart. That's the second longest of I've ever said. Uh, we've got a, we a lot to come up, and a couple of weeks ago. I introduced you all when we were doing Avengers Rage of Ultron to uh, the, I believe they were called the Dinglings. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I'd like to introduce you now in, in, in the spirit of retroness to another robotic friend. From these eerie laboratories, from the wild imagination of Kooky Professor, comes a fantastic new creature. Is it man or monster? It's Big Lou, Giant Moon Robot by Marx. You can make him work for you, fight for you, even talk to you with ten complete phrases. You sight the enemy through Big Lou's target scope. You can make him fight with all kinds of weapons. Blast off. Fire. Load his gun barrel arm and... Bam! Can anything stop him? No. Big Lou has all the tricks. Hear his bell. Blow his whistle. You can even buy batteries that make his eyes flash. He's ready to work for you, fight for you, even talk to you. Get the giant moon robot. Bargain price, Big Lou. 
by Marx. I'm Magic Marxy, bringing fun. Marx makes more toys than anyone. Any, anyone. <laughs> Boy, that is a real. I make more toys than anyone. Nah. <laughs> I don't want to point out that Big Lou is spelled L double O. Has a whole different meaning in Australia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meet the Big Lou. He's got more toys than anyone. Uh, nothing could stop him unless his batteries run out. <laughs> <laughs> He's got 10 complete phrases. <laughs> I was about to say, what did he say? <laughs> Clearly, he said. <laughs> <laughs> he was saying Age of Ultron. He was actually just, it was just an imitation of Harrison Ford, apparently. We're going to get straight because we want to whip through this so we have more time to talk about Age of Ultron, um, even though it's going to be a review in two halves in a little way. If you listen to this um, here, we're going to be reviewing the film in full, of course, but of course we'll be doing spoilers and all over in the Geek Actually show. The all new Geek Actually podcast. Mm-hmm. It's five. What? It's five years it's old. It's five today. years old. Yeah, it's five episodes old today. <laughs> oh, wow. It's yeah. five. Wow. Congratulations, guys. Yeah. You're it's a awesome. bouncing baby, baby podcast. Yay. Yeah. Can I reward you with this? Well, looks like we got ourselves a reader. Read between the lines, bitch. God damn it, I did. <laughs> I read between so many. I read all the convergence again. This Can week. I just say I have I not had the time to read a single comic, so I'm You're just going to sit fired, here. And, I'm going to sit here and read. I have, I have a huge stack next to me. Actually. We all know what convergence is about this week because we're like, this is our third week of it. It's the same kind of setup on all of them. So we, if, if you're not sure, go back and listen to the last two episodes. All I'm going to say is the main convergence title is a little bit better than the first two, but the ones to read if you're picking and choosing is the Wonder Woman one, the Superboy and the Legion of Heroes one. And the New Teen Titans, because it's written by Marv Wolfman and illustrated by Nicholas Scott. Um, and the Supergirl one, because it's also written by um, Marv Wolfman and it's like pre-crisis. A lot of them are it's pre-crisis It's kind of my stuff. month, isn't it? It's all yeah. the women of DC. Women That's of DC, pre-crisis, women of DC. So they're the four out of the 12. Oh, also, um, there's a really good one. Which one is it? And it's the Red Rain people versus... Oh god, there's one one with the red rain one. I have to look it up, and and that's it's kind of those. Things. So they're playing around with pre-crisis, red rain, and Dervale, which is like the atomic night stuff. Um, so you've got in in the Legion of Superboy one, you've got uh, all the Legion of Superheroes in the end end up having to fight atomic uh, knights, sort of knights in armor, riding on the back of giant Dalmatians. So if that doesn't <laughs> if that doesn't do it for you, then then you know you're not human, really. Let's face no. it. So pick and choose this week, really pick and choose because they're not all worth reading, to be honest. That's how I felt about last month. So yeah, look, I mean, I actually all, all three weeks has been that case. Although, but although I haven't read it yet, but you told me the convergence three is better than convergence two. two though, yeah. right? I, I look, I suspect, I, I recommend if you want to follow this event, read the main convergence title and then just pick and choose the titles which you think are relevant to you because yeah. they're not connected. The Wonder Woman one though is excellent. I think I think it's kind of fun to read all of them though. It is there is yeah. there is a there is there's definite vibe you get from doing them all. Yeah. Oh, I want I'm right for vibe to turn up. When's vibe turning up? Yeah, where yeah, is vibe? Cisco Ramon. <laughs> He's too busy being in the Flash series. Being in the Flash series, yeah, yeah with with not Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have stolen that off JD. How you doing, man? Oh, actually, speaking of John Day, next week is our live show. Oh yeah, um, over at Good Games Festival. It's a free comic book day show, the second of May. Mm-hmm. We're doing uh, Green Lantern Rebirth, which is a favorite of JD's. But JD will be in the house to do a live John D's Geek Related Challenge. I just and, bought um, it in print today. Go, go, go flick it for the mic, Dave. Flick it for the mic. It's a great read. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds just like that, that button I just pressed. <laughs> um, I want to pull out a couple of the books. Uh, there's one that you and I both read, David Captara, which is this uh, is a Batshit book. Yeah, well, it's, it's written by Chip Zdarsky. So, what do you expect? You know, come on. It's it's um it it it's, it's it's I think it's got something on the cover like you know space. Why you have to be like that? <laughs> it is a trippy time travel space bending. It starts. Multi-versal. I mean, realistically, it starts with a big like buffed up, roided up astronaut arguing with the little camp scientist who he yeah. thinks is lazing around playing video games, and it goes with in the space of one issue. Ship crashes and then He Man. He Man, yeah. You he basically <laughs> the 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 least um, heroic person of all of them, which is the yeah. science dude, ends up on the uh, um, 
basically He-Man world because there's a there's a Skeletor s character. The guy that rescues him looks like He-Man. Yep. And there's a there's a monarch and a bunch of crazy colorful characters around it. And then uh, he says, you know what? I think I'm going to stay here. Yeah. He goes, why, don't, why would <laughs> I, I want to go gonna, back? Yeah. Yeah. Why would I want to go back? So I, I really 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 like that. That was actually it's too a much very fun. strange book. Um, the other one that's very strange this month was Drones. Did you read Drones? I did read Drones. This yeah. was a bizarre little book too because basically it's about drone pilots. Uh, the drones over in mm-hmm. Afghanistan and so forth. And then it's kind of the relationship they have once they leave. And there's a, a resort that is that is terrorist themed. Yeah. yeah called the Two Swords. <laughs> and when you when you arrive, they say, Would you like to be, you know, bound and cuffed? Or would you like to be kidnapped? We have a two for one kidnapping. Oh, I've offer. been to that club. It's like he's like a, this is the strangest thing I've ever read. <laughs> they're all they got their balaclavas with the little American flags. Isn't on that their feathers head. in New York? Yeah. I'm actually, <laughs> Hello. So that two very odd books straight off the bat mm. uh, for this for this week. Uh, and wow. I think they're, they're yeah. both Image. No, Captara is... Captara's Image. image. And, Drones uh, is Image as well. It's I IDW, I think. Oh, it's IDW. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Um, also coming out Wait from... Wait a minute, IDW and it's not a license? I what? No, right. What I mean, the, the, the IDW license that is out this week is the incredibly bad shit, and we've said that several times now, but you could not describe anything more bad shit than um, Joe Casey and Jim Foods Miami Vice remix, <laughs> which I think I described <laughs> it to you last month. It, it is a nutty book, and if those two mm. names uh, attract you, Joe Casey from Sex and Jim Marfood from, from everything, bunch, awesome. everything else, everything awesome, um, including a bunch of uh, Kevin Smith's books. I'll um, say it again because I want—I said it last time we brought up Jim Mafood. Like um, stupid comics, stupid comics. Get it? Okay. Get it now, now. Should we? Should we? Should we do it as a pick? Oh, we so should. It's yeah, only okay. one issue. Right, it's only I'm, one. I'm issue, leaving. Though. I've got to go get it. Apparently. <laughs> no, I'm saying uh, the, the people well, like, listening—they have the power to pause this podcast. That's true, and, and then bring it up it, on some sort of digital device, or and um, if you love that, get Girl Scouts, which is G Scouts. Jimmy Food's one of my favorite favorite. Not to be confused with Grill Scouts, world. which are people who go out finding the cheapest <laughs> prices for barbecues. I don't take Jimmy Food lightly, sir. So <laughs> actually, is, is, actually, <laughs> Grill Scouts would make a great lifestyle channel show. Mm. Lifestyle food is like Grill Scouts. Say yes to the grill. Something. Um, the other shot that came out there was an amazing Spider-Man seventeen point one issue, which was actually part two of a story. That makes no sense to me. Uh, Can I actually say I'm a little bit tired of the point ones? Can we get yeah. over the point ones? Hopefully, post Secret Wars, they yeah. won't do them anymore. Yeah. The Final one. It would make sense if they bothered to do like point two or point three and onwards. Actually speaking, uh, sometimes they do. But they do. They I don't. think they're meant to be with this one. This one's actually been written by um, classic Spider-Man writer, the guy that followed Stan Lee. Um, oh, uh, um, Conway, Jerry Conway. Conway. Jerry Conway. So this one's written by Jerry Conway. Oh, okay. Um, also uh, coming out this week was from IDW, Uncle Scrooge number one, uh, which is a licensed book. The Disney stuff's cool. It is really cool because it's kind of Duck reminiscent tales. of the. It's kind of like a cross between the old Carl Banks stuff. Hold it. And Ducktales. Hold it. I know Disney. You're gonna say Stop. Marvel. Stop right now. Why are they licensing? No, no, no. IDW. Because Disney have always, IDW have always had the license for the classic. Um, reprints and things like that. I'm surprised that. Disney just hasn't reneged on all that and said we've got our own licensing now. No, know? no, I, I don't think Disney. I actually don't think Disney have any interest in publishing um, Disney character comics. They're the quite Disney, happy for someone else to do. Publish that. comics at all? Well, Marvel. Well, yeah, Marvel. obviously, obviously Marvel. Marvel, but like but under saying, their why, own under their own that, imprint. But that's what I'm saying. Why, I don't why th- isn't the Disney stuff under the Marvel imprint? They have their own. Comic they might eventually there, move yeah. over there, but I don't think they have any we're, we're talking about it. a massive corporation that could easily like yeah, um, start putting out Elsa or they comic books. They could probably books quite or, easily buy IDW. Unless, like unless, Frozen comic books, I'm sure, would, would well, they would at the moment, do them under the moment, as I understand imprint, it, Marvel's I still running its own show, like it just being its owned by Disney, but I don't think Disney have forced the corporate line too much into... Mm. I mean, they do some license for ABC shows like Once Upon a Time and, and those kind of things, but they haven't. Yeah, this yeah, kind yeah. of thing. I think. I think that's all still separate because they know what they're doing. Well, you fair know. Um, so just it caught my eye. I know. No. No. I thought the same thing as well. <laughs> but no. It's it's a brand new book. They Weird. also have. Um, and it's fun. Is Star the point. Wars. I want to mention really quickly because I mentioned it last week when we were talking to Ryan. Uh, Deadly class which is up to its 12th issue now, so probably its second or third trade it's on. This is, I actually think, one of the finest books out at the moment. I know you guys aren't reading it, but it's Rick Remender and Wesley Craig. Uh, Wes Craig, sorry. I am a big um, fan of Rick Remender, so... Uh. No, honestly, and it's also, it's your era, dude. It's like late 80s, and it's like a whole lot of punk rock and... and I was and, never into punk rock. No, no, but you'd, <laughs> you'd reckon like all the cultural references that are in there yeah, yeah, you'd yeah. get and stuff like that, so it's 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 really, oh, really cool. I, I it's, it starts off in an assassin school. Those who don't know, Dave there. was actually a reggae man. 
<laughs> I used to have dreads and everything. That yeah. would explain all the gunja. Um, the, the final you know one. The final book we'll mention is Postal, which is one you and I have been following. Oh, for man, ages, Postal. This was a great issue. Postal is one that I actually look forward to every month at the moment. Yeah. And if you remember going back to when we talked about the last issue, we said the last panel was so out of mm. character. Completely turned turned it yeah. around in yeah. the first page. This book knows what it's doing. Yeah, it knows yeah. what the writer knows what he's doing. And even though it felt like it was out of place, as soon as you get to this issue, you go, "Oh, okay, that makes sense now." Yeah, no, um, I, I'm loving this book and the, the revelations of the about the waitress, about what her she really is, and and how that's all folded out. The the father. It's yeah. a big deal with the father and both the father and the mother. This thing and and him, uh, the the lead character who's got Asperger's, who, who who we've spoken about in the past, very much on the spectrum and actually a realistic portrayal for change. Yeah, and what I think uh, is, really is really fascinating lovely. is the mother actually says, "Let this go. Nothing good of this can happen." Mm. But of course, he can't. He can't. Yeah, there's nothing that he can do. It's a problem. He has to solve it. Yeah, it's like he, he has, has to go to. out and do it. And so of course. The final page on this one was just devastating. Yeah, you yeah. know, and so you sit there going, "All right, I'm real. I wait now a month to yeah, get well, what, the conclusion. <laughs> Where do we this. go from there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, let's get on with it. You know, um, I'm going to quickly mention. Is there any other comics you want to guys wanted to mention? No, no, that's, that's um, those I guess because I've been silent, haven't read anything. I should just say, like, I finished um, reading Blackest Night. Oh, uh, the for Green Lantern. Yeah, um, yeah, because all these comic books came out like on. On Thursday, yeah, and I haven't had time oh, it's been since a- Thursday. But up until that point, I've just been reading Green Lantern, and it's amazing. how are you finding Green Lantern? Because I actually did, I did everything from Rebirth to the New Fifty Two mm. in quite literally one hit. I, mm. Yeah, I that's like what I've been else. doing, and I, I read nothing else at time because I don't think we were even doing the show at that time when I read it. I think and- if you go back, like maybe like five or six episodes, you can hear sort of like yeah, and you were uh, talking about yeah. it then. It is yeah. an amazing run. Yeah, mm. um, I'm actually I, the reason it's why amazing. I bought the trade yeah. is to reread Rebirth because it's so long ago. Yeah, I know I've just downloaded on the DC app. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go through, but uh, um, I think it's a it's a stellar run. Blackest Night is dark. Mm. That's yeah. a, that is a dark, dark tale. Um, yeah. and if was, we ever do that, you know who we have to get in studio? JD. JD. Yeah. He's the biggest Green Lantern fan in the world. Mm-hmm. In the in the world. He oh. was he was really stoked. He got, particularly the Blue Lanterns. He, he got Jeff Johns to like favorite or retweet something yeah. this week. So I he, think he said it was like God Himself had bestowed upon him a tweet. That's how I felt when we talked to Chris Claremont. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's like it's, and me with Mike Grell. It's, yeah. it's biblical. It's like the it's like a religious epic. It like, is. It's, it's amazing. You know, like the the whole if you read like the whole Green Lantern run in one order. Yeah. Like the the Johns run like from Rebirth onwards. It mm. just it's like. What he achieved with that massive. is so impressive. It's ridiculous. This, like is, this eight years is worth of comics. Yeah, it's just this is a writer staggering. who was so yeah. in control. How many how many companies would let that happen anymore? Like you know, like mm. there's nothing that really lasts beyond six issues. Mm. Isn't no, it? well, you know the only yeah. the only comparable like, the, the, like the apart from what Hickman's all, doing because I'm know? reading all the tie-ins for yeah. Green Lantern yeah. as well, and it's it's like. These events, you're right, Richard. They would mm. go for a year yeah. Or, yeah. or longer. There's yeah. actually, there's actually, and not uh, just in one book either. Yeah. The two yeah. Par- yeah. the two parallels I have to it are and nowhere near the same sort of magnitude. Mm. But the two parallels, well, actually, one of them, yes, would be Claremont on X Men, seventeen years, seventeen yeah. years. But the other one would be Bendis on the Avengers, mm. and his his run yes. throughout the Avengers, yeah. which was nowhere near the John's run, or but it was still even very impressive on Bendis mm. uh, Ultimate Spider Man. Spider Man, absolutely, so, yeah, hundred yeah. yeah. issues, and, and I guess. It's the, great when like, they do um, have trust in them. And they yeah, I guess it, it, like Peter J. Tomasi is another writer um, that he takes the Green Lantern core. Mm. And, yes. Uh, and so like uh, I think a lot of it as well is combination of Johns and him. Yeah, but you know Johns is But Johns is the mastermind. Of yeah, he's yeah, in and control. There's a reason why he's one of the four heads of the family yeah. uh, at DC now. <laughs> yeah. uh, we have to move on. Um, next week we're going to be looking at – I just want to mention oh, – in terms of what we've been watching, we should really, really quickly mention – the Flash, which yeah. was a bombshell of an episode. This that was week. The, at that point. You sit there and go, "I feel like the the um, I feel like the season finale is tomorrow." Yeah, because there've been a couple of episodes of wheel spinning. Yeah, um, and but this is but definitely we still have four episodes to go. So yeah. this is this is setting up. The, we're gear, running for conclusion now. They've got Flash and Arrow are kind of running their their tail end concurrently. They'll finish a week apart, and they're both. There was that great video that dropped online of like the steel cage death match of mm. all the heroes and all the villains. But that was just a promo thing. But they're really pushing to, and there's more like incidental crossovers now. Yeah, yeah. Just like you know, Detective Lance will turn up in the Flash, and 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 and. Well, they know. have to have Cisco and and. Um, oh, Canary. 
I was going, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Canary, you know. Just, well, oh. yeah, the fact that, yeah, the new yeah, the yeah. cry. Yeah. Say the canary cry. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it's, it's fabulous. Um, now she is the canary that we know. <laughs> I, I, so. This is about the fourth time I've mentioned him, but I'm making up for a few contractual drops. Uh, JD just texted me to say sploosh. Yeah. You know, and like, I'm, and like I hadn't watched it at the stage. And, and then Cisco's I, reaction when she goes, I'm Black Canary. And he goes, Get out! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, it's it's Flash is just hitting all the right nails yeah. on all the right heads. Um, arrow, arrow, arrow. arrow? <laughs> I gotta, can, I, can I just make a little bit of a confession and say the yeah. Agents of Shield and Arrow? I feel like are just not quite there at the Agents moment. Agents of Shield is, is spinning its wheels. It's into the, the, the one of the things we'll say when we when we get to a, uh, Age of Ultron was that it opens in such a way that stuff has happened. Mm. And my understanding is the next couple of weeks worth of episodes lead you into that because we saw it early here in Australia. Yeah, we didn't get it. We yeah. didn't get the lead in. So it is slowly starting to build into that stuff and bringing in – there's a character who returns in um, uh, Age of Ultron mm. who I'm not going to spoil, but that might be explained. The link of what's been happening there and all those sorts of things might sort of drop over the next couple of right, weeks right. and why the movie started – in the fashion that it did, mm. you know. But, you know, I, I, that's what I've been told. I've been told that... I hope so, because at the moment, the, the series, <clears throat> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. got so much better, and now <clears throat> it seems to have fallen off a little bit to back where it was, and I'm waiting for it to yeah. kick in again. We've got some news coming up later on as well about um, Adrian uh, <coughs> Palicki and... Uh, God, what's his name? Oh, um, Nick Blood? Or, um, Nick no, Blood? Uh, yeah, Nick Blood. Nick Blood. Apparently, apparently, that's a great name. Is it Nick um, Blood? I know it's, it's Nick Blood, Blood yeah. yeah. Apparently spinning off into their own series is rumour. Uh, there's also rumours that there's going to be a Ms. Marvel series from the um, um, the writer of 12 Years a Slave. Yeah, there's also <coughs> rumour that there's going to be crossover between Daredevil and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is... I know, that's pretty cool. That's pretty fascinating. But the thing is, if they well, take those so. two characters out, they're the two most interesting things, particularly Nick Blood, uh, two of the most interesting things that are happening hmm. to that series at the moment. Uh, yeah. You got Mockingbird and her. Now the know, other thing that's really interesting about it is with uh, the Sky character and everything yeah. that's going on with Sky. There was talk at one point about a spin-off in Humans thing that was going to happen. Yeah, well, we're getting a movie, but the movie is happening. But this is since the movie was announced. They've also talked about this. So I, think I don't that, know what's going on. I think on. they would be wiser to wait until the movie yeah. to spin off that. <clears throat> so we'll then, see what then they basically got their X Men series. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's uh, what we've been reading and watching. I forgot to press the what we've been watching button, but yeah. it doesn't matter because I, now I get to press something for the news headlines. The Eisner Award nominees for 2015 have been announced with Ms. Marvel, The Multiversity, Saga and Bandette leading the nominations. The gigantic beard that was evil. God, I have to read that. And seconds are among the nominees. I they were talking about Alan <laughs> <laughs> That keeps popping up, doesn't it? Gigantic yeah. beard that was evil. And, and seconds are among the nominees for Best Graphic Novels of the Year. Go check out the site for the full list. Frank Miller and DC Comics have confirmed that The Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, will launch <laughs> as an eight-issue miniseries yeah. from US Fall 2015. He will be joined <laughs> by co-writer Brian Azzarello. That's kind of exciting. Uh, it's official. Nicole Perman and Meg LaForve have been confirmed as the writers for the upcoming Captain Marvel film. Woo! Hey! Uh, Sony has announced that they will release an animated Spider-Man feature in 2018 from directors Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yes. It will, se- <laughs> it will separate to the... It is separate to the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. DC Comics will launch an ongoing cyborg series in July from David Walker and artist Ivan Reese and Joe Prado. Pretty good Ooh. art team. Brian K. Vaughn will launch a new series from Image Comics in July. July called We Stand on Guard. He will team with Matrix storyboard artist Steve Scrose. In news that will surprise nobody, Netflix has ordered a second season of Daredevil for Marvel for 2016. Yes. The one that's next year. <laughs> Speaking of The Man Without Fear, Marvel has revealed that July's Daredevil's number 17 will be Mark Wade and Chris Samney's penultimate issue, indicating their historic run will end in August. Valiant Entertainment has announced that a cinematic universe deal with Sony, uh, bringing Harbinger and Bloodshot to the screen, set to culminate in Harbinger Wars. The Lego Batman movie has been pegged as the next film in the Lego movie franchise. Darkness! No parents! Yes. And as we said before, <laughs> there are reports that Adrian Palicki and Nick Blood will head to an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. spin-off series portraying their Mockingbird and Lance uh, Hunter characters. Marvel and Telltale Games have announced that they have partnered for Ooh, a new video game coming in ever. 2017. Yeah. Ever. 
And finally, because we haven't done one in a while, it's time for patented trailer commentary for Fox's Fantastic Four. Trying I apologise for my snoring. <laughs> <laughs> you were so high, you couldn't speak. <laughs> and now Peyton is pending as I press play. City, New York. We gave you six years and millions of dollars, and you gave us nothing. What's different hey, now? Hey, it's the guy from House of Cards. <laughs> Reed Richards. Where are your ribs, you buddy? Freddy! I think Reed Richards is going to be true from school. Someone let a child into the lab. <laughs> I think he better get back to school. It's bring a child to work CGI day. building. CGI building. Because we couldn't find a real building. want to be famous? I just want my work to make a difference. Hey, it's the Lesser Mara. This guy doesn't take orders. <laughs> the one that wasn't in House of Cards. Was she in House of Cards? Yeah, she was. She oh, was she was. House of Cards. She's the, the one that wasn't. Bombs. She's the one that wasn't in uh, Girls Dragon Tattoo. Ah, right. I gotta say, it's fun having you here. Really? No. No. I'm totally gonna park what you here. Created here is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, get the some special effects. Hey, black guy joke. Yeah, sure. You're in the best shape to be doing this. Yeah. yeah. I like the fact that he's supposed to be the muscle and yet Jamie he's tiny. Jamie Bell, the dancing fool. What? I love the fact that Jamie Bell's supposed to be the muscle and yet he's yeah. tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Negative zone. The hipster went to space. Oh. <laughs> Hipsters in space. Negative zone. All right, is so it, this is probably Act Two. Now we're in. Yeah. Is it, is yeah. it my imagination? Or does negative this zone. Summer. Does the negative zone look a lot like the Phantom Zone from Supergirl? Yeah. Uh, this is definitely Act Two. We're definitely. Oh, in act stretchy. Two. Yeah. Fiery. So this is the first look we've actually had at their powers as well. Rocky. <laughs> How did, what did Ralph Garman describe him as like a rocky turd, like someone's turd with rocks in it? Use these powers to help people. No pants. When you change you the world, the door, you don't know. That's third act for sure. Yeah, that's third act. Yep. You don't know anything about what's coming. Here's how they're all splitting apart at this part. Uh, maybe they're not going to be friends. That's late second act, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright, that's Doom Jamil. Fiery. I wonder what Doom looks like. Wait. Oh, there, there he is. is. There he is. Yeah. <laughs> Stretchy. Stretchy dude. Rocky dude. <laughs> That's definitely near the end. Yeah. The climax. Yeah. Force fieldy. That'll be the say the hero shot. Forey. <laughs> Fan four stick. Look. How long until he's in? Two minutes. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> this is a cool shot. This is a cool shot. But then, for some reason, he explodes. <laughs> like, I, I think the car actually <laughs> explodes. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, it's going to be the, on. Can, uh, we, can we watch the Fantastic Four trailer next? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, look. That was a cool short film when we watched that. It was a cool short film. It is a bit. <laughs> That's why I don't watch trailers. I have more normally. hope for the film after that than it did after the first yeah. trailer. Those, Dave is, it, but it, it has given away the whole Dave's film. Dave's inferred, yeah. It's yeah. absolutely yeah. given away the whole film. There. Look, I, I definitely am. I have more. Interest in it? Mm. Uh, I I, uh, I I can't say that I'm excited about it. I'm more excited about that though than I I'm am really about excited Batman about Batman v Superman. Actually, the so one I'm really looking forward I'll to say is Fantastic Four Two. That one. Oh, <laughs> no, no. don't torrent. No, I'll I'll, I'll see it. I'll, I'll see it. Dallas, it's, it's Josh Trank. It's the next Kubrick. Come on, man. Come on, people. Join the Dallas Torrenters Club. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, it's the it's the next Kubrick. So you know. Yeah, Josh yeah, Trank. Yeah, Absolutely. next Kubrick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Have they actually said that? I've heard that used a lot. Oh, that's yeah. terrible. Yeah, or that's the next terrible. Spielberg, or oh no, J.J. Yeah. Abrams is the next yeah. Spielberg. I think he's yeah, or the next uh, John Luke Godard. Because <laughs> 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 that's what happens these days in Hollywood: is you make one small film and everyone goes, "Here's the keys." Yeah, here's the keys. Ruin a franchise, please. Well, you look at all you know, Jurassic World. Here's the keys. Ruin a franchise. Right. Godzilla. Here's the keys. Ruin the franchise. Yeah. I liked Godzilla. You know, I liked Godzilla too. Godzilla was beautifully made. I'm not going to cop it to the director. Though. I like Godzilla because Godzilla guy went from indie film to Godzilla anyway, to Star I, Wars. Can I just quickly yeah. state that this is a joke? <laughs> it's very, very much a joke. Like I'm, I'm not being serious. Well, speaking of people who have just made one hit and got given the keys, just we. <laughs> <laughs> Joss Whedon. Um, Joss Whedon didn't make a hit. He made a, a platinum album. <laughs> First time out. So um, I th- do you think we should do the oh, pick- We're at the review already. We're at the review already, man. We're doing like so we well today. This out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you're going to review this again in, in the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say it's time for the pick of the week. Well, see how you like this. What is it, Batman? Whatever it is, it's, it's awfully funny. <laughs> It's the pick of the week. I was designed 
to save the world. People who look to the sky and see hope. I'll take that from them first. There's only one path to peace. Their extinction. Tried to create a suit of armor around the world. But I created something terrible. Artificial intelligence. It's called the Ultron program. I'm sick of watching people pay for our mistakes. Isn't why we fight so we can end the fight and go home? Well, you amazingly failed. gives you a bit of a hint about what that film's about. A little bit. A little bit. They fail. <laughs> and that's pretty much that's, It's a real bummer that this film ends with them all dead. Mm. Uh, You've seen it in the trailer, Broken you Shield. Do. You, know. yeah. you do actually see them all dead in the yeah. movie. That's true. Technically, they there is all a die in this film. Yeah. Except Tony Stark. Except I wish I could do more to protect them. <laughs> now, I, I, I won't get into this yet, but that, that does actually raise one of the interesting issues about this film, which is that it is... A is very much a Joss Whedon film in the sense that his singular vision, pardon the pun, um, comes through in this film often to the ignorance of storylines that have gone before. Uh, one of which is is uh, Tony Stark's seeming resolution with the whole "I failed everybody" storyline at the end of Iron Man Three. Uh, now, uh, let me preface everything I'm going to say in the show because uh, we're going to we're going to go back and forth on this one. We're going to we're going to just bounce this around by saying I really enjoyed this film. I'm a Marvel fan. I loved everything about this film. This this film opens big. It closes with a big smile on your face, and and you know the stuff in between is a big action film. I really enjoyed this film. Everything I'm going to say that's a niggle otherwise is sort of indicative of the kind of if you look at actually the Rotten Tomatoes score at the moment, it's 80, percent which is the lowest Marvel film in the longest time, mm. and I think. It's indicative that there are elements of this that have sort of divided people a little bit and and people have sort of not come into this with the same goodwill maybe that they came into the previous films with. Or maybe people, maybe there's a sense of fatigue uh, to the films, uh, certainly in the critical community. 80% of Rotten Tomatoes is still very high. It's still very high, but we're talking about... Uh, I think Winter Soldier is still sitting on ninety something uh, or late eighties. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy is sitting in nineties. What's pretty impressive as well is yeah. that like we just know that because at least fifty percent of the eighty percent has got to come from people over seventy. Absolutely. And, now and majority male. Now and, yeah. and white. And no. the, I just love this idea but, of like to be fair, all these seventy year olds to really be fair, loving <laughs> the old yeah. movie with a robot that kills yeah. people. <laughs> to be to be fair, uh, those same people reviewed Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, so I yeah. and I think what when but you'd have to have no soul to what, hate guardians. The, the, the thing I want to no, sort of no soul, no soul, uh, no soul at all. Those four percent of people have no soul. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. they should be burnt and, and horribly, and, horribly and frayed, distended, flayed, <laughs> <laughs> and there should be a special level of hell for them. No, but in all honesty, I think when we had Avengers drop back in 2012. Yeah, 2012. Mm-hmm. It was a very different landscape. We had all these individual films. It was the first time we'd seen them all together on screen. Since then, we've had Phase Two, and everything's gone up a notch. And at the end, the last film we saw was Guardians of the Galaxy, which, in my opinion, is one of the finest um, comic book movies ever made. And then so, for the first time, Avengers is following that rather than kind of leading the way. So it's it's coming into a very different landscape. And we kind of inferred before that it comes in, sort of off the back of some stuff that might be happening in S.H.I.E.L.D. And one of the things, though, I really loved about this film that it starts off kind of um, in the middle of something. It starts off in the middle of the action, like a comic book. Well, what I also think is amazing Mm. is that the opening shot of the film... So one of the things that everybody remembers from the first film is the singular one-take action Mm. shot, which basically covers everybody in the team. Yeah, in the middle of the Battle of New York and the the whole It's the best moment of the first film. Exactly. And so this film opens with that shot. Mm effectively so, the equivalent yeah the yeah. equivalent of that shot it is a single one take shot of them battling it out in the woods and you see it in that in the last trailer <clears throat> yeah. yeah and so that fantastic, I didn't. that fantastic no, you, didn't. <laughs> that fantastic <laughs> you will now though yeah it's true yeah. that fantastic hero shot where you see them all flying through the air yeah. in pose that's in the opening two minutes of the film if you know? that yeah. like it might even be like the second <laughs> shot of the yeah. film it's, it's like, amazing it's like Whedon's just like 
I, I said in my review that he just he just tops everything in the last film in the first five mm. minutes, mm. and then it, and then the real surprise of the movie for me is that it goes up from there. And, so, and, and and like and and in my review, I said like it literally rises yeah. at the end. And again, like I'm going to preface just, this by saying the action couldn't get higher enough that it had to literally go higher. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to I'm going to yeah. preface this by saying I really enjoyed the film, but I think mm. this is where you and I depart because I think yeah. that there are some bits in the second act which could have been, and the two things I'm about to say are completely contradictory. There are, t- there are things in the second act that I think could have been tightened, but I also think that we know there was a three-hour cut of this film and Joss Whedon purposely took out almost 40 minutes to make this slightly shorter than Avengers 1. That's his stated reason. Mm. That's not me saying that. That's him actually saying that. He wanted to make this shorter. And I feel as though this is the first time I think I've ever said this about a film in the longest time, I wanted those 40 minutes in there. I wanted this to be a longer film because there was so much stuff going on there. Yeah. It needed that breathing room. My thoughts are yeah. that if you had those extra 40 minutes, you would have said it it, it dragged. It dragged? I said, yeah, I don't know. <coughs> and that's the thing. That's why those two sentences I said were contradictory. Yeah. And that's why that, that's going to be my only major quibble. Know. The other thing I, is my, I also, I also know from, 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 from mm. history, we also know that Joss Whedon says a lot of things sardonically. I mean, But he said this yeah. in multiple sources. Yeah. What yeah. I'm actually thinking though is that, yeah, okay, maybe he wanted to bring it in shorter but also the overriding thing of any filmmaker is yeah. to not slow the but film we, down but we know there's but we know there's another good you know 20 minutes worth of footage yeah. in there because I think one of the things and if he lost if he lost good stuff it, it, we don't yeah. know like it, there's a, a numerate number of I don't even know yeah, if that's look, a word but there's a lot of a lot of reasons they could cut scenes can, like so many reasons can it's, I just it, say something really quickly because hard. I want to pick up on something you wrote in your review which is excellent uh, Dave's review's up on damngoodcup.com I put one up on uh, behindthepanels.net as well so anything and we, I didn't and we didn't well we, <laughs> we figured you'd talk today and in your other show <laughs> I'm as well I'm going you're the talky man with a writing man. I'm, I'm going to put a minute review up. On Writer I'm, man. I'm, I'm going to put a one minute. I'm going to put up one of my famous minute reviews, minute reviews. up on uh, on Geek. Yeah, it's just, just going to say yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. Leave it there. Because you know what, I, I, I when I put up a review, uh, one of our uh, listeners said, "Oh, why didn't you put a rating on the like a star I rating?" I that with you, yeah. And I said I, the reason I didn't do that was because I probably would have rated this one star-wise a little lower than the other ones in Phase 2 because it's probably my least favourite of the last three because I think that Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy are the height of superhero films for me. Um, And I didn't want that score to colour what is genuinely positive view of the film. Mm. And so take everything that I'm saying negative as nitpicking because someone has to be the voice of, of dissent here. Um, rather than gushing over it because there's so much I love about this film all those mm. things that we picked up all those things which which would have filled in the other 40 minutes um, all the character stuff which is there's a lot more character development in this film not least of which is mm. that Jeremy Renner has a lot more to do in this film it should be stated um, for the record that Jeremy Renner went from being sidelined completely in the first film to, the to basically being the heart yeah. of this film yeah. Yeah. and he, is, he rises yeah. to the occasion it's just- they, and, and bits of that work and bits of that don't with some of the other characters the problem is that I think by the time we get to the end of phase two, most of these characters have had at least two films each. And uh, the case of Tony Stark, seven. Um, <laughs> and he is still the lead character in this and, and he still gets, there's basically two Tony, Tony Starks in this. There's Tony Stark and there's Ultron mm-hmm. and they both have all of Joss mm-hmm. Whedon's sardonic, sarcastic lines in there. They're both sort of, between the two of them, they have those. Um, the prob- the, the, it's not a problem, it's just that I think it's, and it's something that Joss deals with for the most part, really well. The fact that he's juggling now eight leading characters or whatever it is, introducing three more characters in, mm. in, in the process because you're introducing Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch and, and a new villain and you're dashing off to Hong, uh, Korea and mm-hmm. you're dashing off to South Africa, um, which I still don't want to visit, even after... <laughs> I know. <laughs> even after Neil, between Neil Blomkamp and Joss Whedon, I, I don't no want to visit to South to Africa. Africa. <laughs> um, or Wakanda. Because yeah. um, uh, that doesn't look like a nice place. Although I can can get good adamantium. Uh, no, uh, yeah, vibranium. Vibranium, vibranium there, sorry. There, yeah. Which is um, name drop in this movie. But yeah, yeah. Wakanda. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. So we I love s- how they name drop it too. Setting the stage. <laughs> waka, waka, waka. Waka, Oh, Wakanda. So like, you know, and and the the fact that he deals with most of those storylines pretty well. You know, it's, it's a testament to Joss. Well, one of the know. things that Joss Whedon is famous yeah, for, yeah. though, of course, is ensemble pieces. Yeah, I mean, this is yeah. what he has always been good at. He's always been good at finding that balance between. But I maintain a the there's a few more bits and pieces in there that could have been. I mean, like, I, I, yeah. I guess, I guess, like, yeah. I, I, my impression based on what you said, Richard, is I think that I didn't know there's any cut scenes. Like, um, and when I watched the movie, I didn't think there were. Like, I thought it was super tight and stood on its own and. 
I thought the decisions made, like the, especially the first twenty minutes, were intentional. Like, um, but we can get into that later, yeah, a bit later. But like, uh, but I just, I just think that like, if if someone had said to me, "Hey, Dave, there's like forty minutes of deleted scenes. What do you think they are?" Yeah, my my first guess would be that it's like a minute from this scene, thirty seconds from this scene, another minute here, and that's a bit in the middle. I'm kind of with out. Dave on this. Yeah, and, and, I, and I would say that it would just it went it would would have his original cut would have been that long because it was probably. I'm going dis- to disagree just, really let, quickly. Yeah, no, fair enough. I'll just finish my thought. Sorry, yeah. man. Like no. my, my, my impression would be that it, that this is like like um, the very first cut done. So like yeah. that the first cut screened would have been like a, yeah. like a, a, three a work hour print. Cut. Work print, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and there's no way it would have um, ever have been seen like that. And, um, and then I think they would have test screened this at least three times. Oh, for I don't sure. think they would have test screened the They thing. would have test screened Or maybe the studio, but not to- No, they would have tested it to audiences for sure. I, oh, they abs- test the Guardians. No. Yeah. They test everything yeah. in Hollywood. Really? Trust yeah. me, I've been to yeah. them. Yeah, Even with films like this? Absolutely. I'm sure they would. Yeah. Well, what about they're, they're, they're private screenings in private rooms. Basically, they go out in the street. What happens in No, Hollywood? no, I realize. Yeah. I know what a private screen, look, look, test like, screening like, is. This, but is, I off, this is off yeah. point anyway. There's all this stuff. I wouldn't I have like, thought they'd do it for a Marvel I, film. Oh, I think they would. Yeah. I, I know they test screen um, Guardians and everything else. Okay. I don't know about this. But like, I'm just saying it's a guess. I figure they would have test screened this. And they would have they would have probably reordered scenes. They would have uh, repurposed dialogue. Mm. I'm, I'm sure. I'm not they disputing were that. Re- reshoots and all sorts yeah. of things. Yeah, as you said, getting off topic. Yeah. But but what what Maybe I actually some, think. Yeah, but you know that's just my impression. Where so I disagree, it's not, it's not a disagreement. The only reason you, I disagree just, yeah. uh, with what you're saying about you, your minute here, minute there, I actually felt as though the second act of this film, or maybe the second of three or second of four acts, because I kind of feel as though it was a film in four parts rather than three. Yeah. Um, because that that final. But this climax, is the, yeah. But hang on, just oh, let me finish. Sorry, yeah. Was I felt that these the the second act, I and and the second and third act, once Ultron is introduced, I actually felt as though there was a good half hour there where we we're kind of leaping from bits. Now you have a really great response to that in your review about the mm. speed of AI, but I actually felt as though, um, that there were scenes missing. I, that's where I felt there were bits missing. Again, don't get me wrong. I actually like the pace of that film. I like. Part of me felt like he was kind of aping that decompressed for sorry that compressed format of of modern comic books like what Warren Ellis does in comics. You know the whole notion that we don't have to show everything. You can kind of pull out the in between scenes and the audience will will, will realize something's happened in between. In fact, the movie starts that See, way. And I never actually know? felt like and, I was. And he kind anything. of sets you up. Yeah, I don't same, know. I just yeah. there was a couple of times where I sat there and thought, oh, why why do they? Okay, I'm just going to go with it, but I, I felt, felt as you know, though there's a line. There's yeah. a line in the movie, actually. Yeah. It's about halfway through the film. There's a line in the movie which I think sums this up for me, and it's actually from Ultron, yeah. where he actually says he's, he's been knocked to the ground by yeah. Stark, and Stark says, we're going to stop you, and Ultron says, I'm already there. You'll catch up. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, and it's yeah. like, and for me, that line summed it up. Where it's yeah, like, you could he right. moves so fast, you could be right that he's already gone because and he's traveling through the internet. He's already again, gone. And again, yeah. I encourage people to read Dave's review because yeah. he, he actually writes. You write something in there about AI mm. and and how that is analogous and how that that speed actually makes sense when you yeah. think about it in terms of the 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 speed, the exponential speed of totally, yeah, of AI. like, like yeah. um, yeah, like I uh, to just uh, expand on it. Like I think like. That the reason Joss Whedon chose Ultron was for this. I think it's 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 intentional because I feel like the Ultron is as a character doesn't really need to be developed. All you need is just a quick scene mm. where it's like he's a robot, he's he's alive, he wants to kill, and like like that's all you need. I actually and, appreciated and so, that. I got to say, I appreciated that. Yeah, that, you know, that and, approach. And I think yeah. I think the reason Whedon chose Ultron because Ultron was let's be honest, it was a very left field villain. For this, when it was announced, interestingly enough, though, Joss Whedon actually says uh, at his first meeting with Kevin Feige, way way back in the beginning, he said, "Your next film should be Ultron." Yeah, and basically, so Ultron was thought about even before he made the first Avengers films. Yeah, and Ultron is is the brilliant villain because it's like he he is unbeatable to the Avengers as Mm. well, and you don't need to develop it. Not not only um, that, but 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 my kind of point that I'm leading to more is that Whedon takes time to develop Ultron still. He doesn't just like crap it out or anything. You know? It's interesting because we whether did- it was a, Whether it was intended or not, I think it's it comes out as brilliant. Two things I'll say on that about Ultron as a villain. I agree he was the best villain because two two reasons. The cinematic universe has set up Tony Stark as its hero. Mm. And so Ultron is he's, in this version- He's kryptonite. He's kryptonite. Yeah. He's, he's, he's complete opposite. Yeah. It's, it's, mm. it's a version he of- is, It's the he, mirror universe version of him. He is Stark you know? without ego. 
Without like, well, without well, conscience, without, without conscience. And, and by ego, I mean sort of like you know, mm. not like he's yeah. vain or anything. Like it's he's stark without a conscience. Without yeah, conscience, you know, yeah. He, yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like all he, that stuff. That this stark is, struggled and that's with what's in the last so beautiful film, yeah. about this movie is like the, it, it is robotics, but it's robotics intelligently. You know, yeah. it's such an interesting comment on artificial intelligence. And because, I love the fact that yeah, we've already that's, established that's, yeah. over six films or seven films or eight yeah. films or however many it's been since first Iron Man yeah. mm. that Stark is set up. He is so automated that yeah. he can actually mm. program into Jarvis mm. the ideas for an Iron yeah. Man suit and have it manufactured mm. within an hour. Can, can I? Uh, automated. But you know, you know, can I uh, jump yeah, on okay, something yeah, there yeah. really quickly? End of Iron Man 3. Yeah, this he, is what I was going to jump he, on. He made, he made a very clear point. He made a quick, quick, very clear decision with Pepper who is completely absent from this film. Um, She's running a company. She's mentioned. He, <laughs> he made the decision to have the shrapnel removed at risk to himself from his heart, mm-hmm. to move on with his life, to destroy all of his 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 his, his robots there. Um, and the implication was that he was giving up the life, right? Mm. Um, this, it starts off, he's obviously, he's clearly been avenging still for a while. He's been uh, building more robots. He's built a new suit of armour at some stage and working on this Ultron project, building this AI to protect the world preemptively. And and the implication at and the end of- he's got like uh, robots, like Iron, yeah, Iron, what yeah, Iron, Iron Legion. Iron Legion. Yeah. yeah, and the implication at the end of the third one was that Actually, I'm okay with who I am in the world. I don't need to do yeah, this. See, it's enough to be. No, see, I disagree yeah, with you. Sorry, I have thoughts on that. But anyway, that, that yeah, aside, yeah. the implication was that he was putting that aside for the sake of Pepper. Now, there's two readings of that. One, Pepper's absence could indicate that maybe he couldn't put it aside and she's kind of left and left him to his, his toy building. But to me, there's. And, and you know, I don't, I don't. I'm not going to quibble over the fact because, like, time has passed between those two films. And so Whedon's just acknowledging the fact that shit happens between <laughs> films and we don't have to explain everything. This is where we're up to. But I thought that to me, and I know because we have different views of Iron Man mm-hmm. 3, uh, to me there was a, uh, uh, it was a little incongruous between yeah. where that left me See, and, exactly and, and who this Tony yeah. Stark like, is now. Like, um, like you feel it's incongruous yeah. where, where I feel that, it, that Iron Man 3's ending was a major miscalculation and that Whedon's now course corrected it. Ah, uh, see, and that's, yeah, and that, and so that's, that's, that's a problem I have. Like, Whedon's just yeah. doing what I he... I actually disagree with both of you <laughs> because I actually think the end of Iron Man 3 was not him doing away with Iron Man. It was him mm. doing away with Iron Man as it stood. So basically, he doesn't have the thing in his chest anymore. In, in, mm. in, in Age of Ultron, never do you see his chest lit up. So he doesn't mm. have that. His suits mm. are self-powered. At the, end of, at the end of Iron Man 3, he basically says... But don't I you now, see the thing said, in his chest is living now. It's Ultron. It, no, like- he, well, maybe. <laughs> but he actually says at the end of Iron Man 3, with the destruction all around him, he says, I finally understand. He goes... I am Iron Man. So basically he himself realizes yeah. that at that point, it's not all the suits, it's not all the toys. But he's still building suits and toys. He's built one suit though. We don't see all the multitudes of suits. He's got that and he's Veronica. Built the Iron and, Legion. And, and Veronica. Iron Legion though are basically- He's got he's got a Hulkbuster orbiting in, but saying, in space. Uh, Veronica, yeah. Co- yeah. Co- yeah. but yeah. co-created with Banner, right? Yeah. Because he actually says this was co-created. Mm. Iron Legion are effectively five traffic cops. I mean, yeah. that's all they yeah. are, right? Yeah. They're traffic cops. They don't right? work as well because they're not Ultron. But also, he's. I think they're just there to put down when something is going down to say, yeah. stay back. You know what I mean? And I think at the end, the last shot of Iron Man 3, he leans down and picks up that one screwdriver. So you know he's still going to tinker, mm. you know? He's still, mm. And he saves his robot. The arm robot arm is in That's the back of true. his car, you know? Mm. So I don't think the end of Iron Man 3 was the end of him being Iron Man. I think the end of it is the end of him yeah. using Iron Man as a crutch. Like, uh, my, my, it's now he realizes like, that... We're doing, we're doing this, like, typical thing, like, where we're overanalyzing it. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, agree. Yeah, I, yeah, and, 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 so I don't want to... Yeah, actually, the point yeah. that I wanted to but make I'll, with that... Can I just finish one thought with my... Sure. One, yeah. one quick thought with that. I don't think at any time Whedon... i just throw this out there. I don't think Whedon is ignoring the other films... Because we have to remember... I disagree. No, we have to remember <laughs> that Whedon has actually ghost-written and been the architect of all of Phase no, 2. No, I, I, I agree so with that. So he knew what was going into Iron Man 3. I agree with that, but I still think he's cherry-picked a version of that. He's retconned a lot in this film. There's a lot of relationships he's retconned. The Hawkeye relationship in this kind of ignores what he was implying with Black Widow I don't, in the I first film. I disagree once again. Because yeah. but even, see, even, see, even, can I just say... Sorry, I, hang on. I, I kind of agree with Richard on this yeah. point, but I, I, I also think it's a course correction. It's like It's like... Yeah, this kind of worked back then, but is it going to work more than, for, I, than anything I, I, else? They're, they're, like, yeah, because, back and watch sorry, they one, one sec. Mm. Sorry, guys. This is going to be a mad episode, I think. Like, <laughs> um, like, the thing is, like, I agree with Richard saying that he does dismiss this storyline that was kind of definitely seated in Avengers. It was. 
That, yeah, that yeah. was. Or 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 yeah. or alternate, and, alternatively. But I think I think that Whedon would have come to an impasse where he's like, on the on the left hand I can do this story, or on the right I can do this. Yeah. And and obviously like this came in his mind after Avengers was made. And and that's how I feel about it. I just feel like yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Ju- I just feel like that, you know, um, this was the better story for this movie. Yeah, and look, there's, there's a lot. I mean, obviously, I think we're getting bogged down in, in on a singular point here. And so, like, we're, we're, we're sort of rapidly running out of time because we want to keep this one as close to time as possible. Mm-hmm. And you guys are going to talk about some of these mm-hmm. other points and the things. But I want to sort of end this by saying that we all really enjoyed this I film. I love this. I film. just did. I, I absolutely. Can I just say slightly less, yeah. slightly yeah. less than you guys? Because to me, this is my least. Yeah, like look, like like I just want to say on Richard's behalf that when yeah. we walked out of this movie, you know, we all loved it. We all loved it's, it. It's, this was just, just my. This was just my least it's favorite. To talk about. Otherwise, it'd just be us going like. When you say this is my least we'll favorite of Phase Two, it. Look at the films I'm comparing it with. Like mm. they're, they're four, or four or five of the best films of the last ten this years. This is an you know? adrenaline pumping. Ride. It is, and it and yeah. it ends on such a great note. Yeah. And I got to say a couple of things without spoilers. Should we just do a final? Wrap, yeah, guess, yeah. The, the scene that this ends on is one of the most rousing scenes and and, and anticipatory scenes for the next film. <laughs> and and it's kind of like this is very much a a chapter in a larger saga. Is, is what I felt about this film. To wrap up. Love this film. You don't need to. You're not even going to think about my opinion when you go and see this film anyway. You, you're going to go and enjoy this. You film. You might though. A lot, you of, know. a lot of people are like divided. On it. It. And also, this is just an abrived version of I've my. Se- I've seen it twice as well. Yeah. This is an abrived version of my wider thoughts. I'm I'm a little bit more balanced because I don't have to kind of try and mm. <laughs> argue it with you guys um, in my review, which is just uh, a straight summary of my thoughts. Wish I I start off and end by saying. I like this film mm. a lot, mm. you know, yeah. and and I really do. So, this is an Avengers film. This is this is an event. This is to me, this is a solid Avengers comic, but not the best one I've ever read or seen. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I I still love it a lot. Mm. You know? Yeah, I can see a lot of Richard's problems, but I kind of like uh, like think the opposite of a lot of them too. But I can see yeah. how you'd be watching it and you'd view that. I I kind of I I can make a lot of leaps with these kind of movies, but I think. I feel this is a really economic and brilliantly told sequel. Like it's one of the best sequels, I think. It's it's and I I, I think like it's the best sequel that could possibly have been made to the first Avengers. Mm. And keep yeah. in mind, I I didn't like the first Avengers on my first screening That's either. Very so true. yeah, yeah. And, look, and I, I, and I, I, I feel like that like the like how I ended my review as I said, this is like Joss Whedon like dropping a mic in a stadium. It's mm. just like I'm, I'm done. I'm yeah. Out. yeah, you know, and it's like it's and I said it's a dare to the next filmmakers to top it. And I think you know like the Russo's, like look, right? this yeah. is how economic it is. Like sorry, I'm going on longer than I intended to, but just on the economics of it all like this is such a packed story Whedon didn't it did it in one the next guys have to do it in two yeah that's a very good point I think it's a great follow up to the Avengers I'll keep it very very short Um, I think it's a a great worthy follow up to the Avengers I think it is a pulse pounding thrill ride Uh, after two viewings there's your pull quote there's your pull pull quote I think it is I think it is a I think I think a lot of the questions or a lot of the niggles on second viewing, there are answers to a lot of those things. You just need yeah. to listen for them. Uh, just as an example, Black Widow and and Hawkeye, there is actually a line where she says, when he gets hurt at one point, yeah. she goes, he's my best friend, you have mm-hmm. to save him. And I think if you go back and look at the relationship in the first Avengers, you can almost see that that would mm. be a best mm. friend can relationship. I, can I pause no, something? No, you had really? your turn. No, 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 no. no save no, it for I, Geek, I, actually. No, no, I'm saving it now <laughs> for now. Uh, can I just say, is there a possibility that Hawkeye and Black Widow were... Having an affair in the first one. I don't think there, so. was, there was an implication there was something more than friendship there in the first yeah. one, I think. Anyway, anyway, anyway that's, 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 that's one of those nerds. That's the deleted scenes. That's one of those, <laughs> that's one of those no, nerd nitpicky yeah. things we'll that's never up, that's up to the That's up to, yeah. the, that's up to interpretation, I think. Absolutely. Is. Uh, do we have a audio clip that we need to play? Look, we do, actually. Our very, uh, very good... F- friend and fan of the show, Jeff Witham, actually sent us a voicemail. So if you send a voicemail at, uh, I forget what the phone number is, 901, no, what is it? <laughs> Scroll down. I can't see it. Oh, no, I've got control, don't I? Oh, thank you. Oh, that's lovely. Um, uh, 8011-4167, 02-8011-4167, or Skype ID Geek, actually, all in word. You can send yourself a voice. You can send us a voicemail, and it might sound a little bit like this. So Jeff went to see uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, and this was his reaction. Hey, guys. Uh, Jeff Gold. Man, I just came out of Age of Ultron. 
unfortunately I couldn't yell it out during the screening because uh, it was a Telstra-funded event, so <laughs> oh, I was prepared. And what can I say? Total awesomeness! Ah! Oh, very, 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 very cool. Um, what can I say? But total awesomeness. Um, I can't think of a better film since... I don't know, Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> oh, man. Just, just awesomeness. Anyway, love what you guys do. Thanks, guys. Bye. He left him a bit speechless, didn't I, I stand, Thank you, man. I, I, I stand corrected. <laughs> so, uh, thanks, Jeff. And, of course, as David said, if you if you want to leave out a, a voicemail to us, just uh, hit up that. Uh, those details, they're always in the show notes on the site and also on the Contact Us page on BehindThePanels.net. Fellas, that is... A big show, and, and that was really economical. And we did it economically. You, we did it. In, the compre- just twenty minutes of deleted scenes. <laughs> <laughs> this show was meant to be forty minutes longer, but I wanted to make it shorter than the last one, <laughs> which was which went for an hour and forty eight minutes. But you guys are going to be doing uh, on go and check out episode five of the all new Geek Actually podcast. And uh, you we're can just going to play that that magical clip over and over and over <laughs> again for, <laughs> until the end of time. Uh, yes, no, and I don't. Are you playing any of your um, cameo footage in that? No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh hash- hats in the bag. Hashtag baby Dave. <laughs> next week, as we said at the top of the show, next week is our live show. We're going coming out live off a free comic book day. So if you're in the Sydney area, or you want to fly up, or you happen to be around, or you really really like us, uh, go check go check us out at Good Games Hurstville, uh, which is just near the Hurstville Westfield there um, at the Avenue. Uh, you can find all the details on BehindThePanels.net, of course, or on our Facebook page where there's an event page up there. We're going out at 3 p.m. on the 2nd of May uh, at Good Games Hurstville. If you miss, if you can't make it to the show, of course, you can catch us uh, on the podcast uh, the following week, uh, which will go out in early May. But we really hope to see a bunch of you there. We've got quite a good response so far on the uh, the Facebook event page. We uh, think we're seeing a few old friends and new are going to come turn up there. So we're really looking forward to that. And of course, the book that you're reading, uh, if you want to read along with us, is uh, Green Lantern Rebirth, which is the six-issue miniseries which kicked off the uh, Jeff Johns run, which we've just been talking about. So that's the start of all that if you want to start Absolutely. reading. We recommend that. Really, really highly. So yes. uh, I just realised the girl from Ipanema is still playing <laughs> uh, in the background there. So I'm going to fade that out. Um, can and I just bring up that by the time this episode goes out online, yeah. the donations link will be up on the site. Yes. Um, if you're wondering what that is about, that is because we're trying to go to Melbourne. No, we're not trying. We are going to Melbourne, Melbourne. at the end of June for Oz Comic Con. Oh, yeah. uh, we are just trying to help subsidize up that trip. So yeah. anything that you can give now, if you don't have very much money, do not give us any money. We no. don't want to drive anybody broke. And we're also thinking about for those people who do donate. Um, and again, don't don't as Dave just said, don't feel obligated to do that. But if you do donate, we're looking at recording something a little bit special that only you guys will receive. Mm. So that we don't don't know what that's going to form that's going to take and you can actually if you want to feedback at behindthepanels.net offer some uh, suggestions. suggestions one suggestion that has already gone out is a live reading so a, a comic of your choice we do a dramatic reading of it and we might do it live we might do it at Hurstville or something like that, that could yeah be that'd, that'd be really really yeah. fun but that will only go out to you guys if you donate mm-hmm. so we're looking forward to whatever you can afford the link will be on the right hand side of behindthepanels.net or on geekactually.com uh, and maybe even on the real bits, but we'll, certainly we'll those two out. websites we'll as details. well. It's not up yet, but uh, that's because the show hasn't gone out yet. By the time the show goes out, it should be up. So. Absolutely. So thank you guys again. Uh, we're looking forward to our live show and a bunch more of those. I think I have to go and see Age of Ultron again. I think you do. Uh, can, I, can I just say before we go out, I'm going to go see the movie five times. That I'm <laughs> really, really, really looking forward to the success of the Master Race. <laughs> <laughs> I, my, my favorite comment on that on that Frank Miller story was from uh, friend Anthony uh, O'Connor, who writes for Filmic. He said, um, uh, "Oh yeah, Dark Knight Three: The Master Race." Because hey, Hitler had some good ideas. Was already taken. So. <laughs> I totally support the Master Race, and I think <laughs> we could do a whole is, episode on is, that news. This is very dangerous. I know we're trying to wrap up, but this is dangerous because now you can go out in public and just say, I love the master race. And like, <laughs> this is for the master race. And, and then you can just, you go, I, I meant the Frank Miller comic book, you know. 
Well, that's that some note, tips. On that some tips, people. Uh, some tips for all your races. Until <laughs> next week, you can find me on Twitter at DVD Bits. Um, of course, now back on therealbits.com. That's the R E L bits.com. And of course, behindthepanels.net. You can find me on Twitter at David McVeigh or, of course, at geekactually.com where I put out all these shows. Um, you can also follow me on Facebook or there's a Facebook fan page, facebook.com forward slash geekactually. I guess you can find me in a clan of some kind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, damngoodcup.com. Please read my Avengers review. Yeah, I'd love I, I to say read it. Really Avengers good review. review as well on DVD bits because it's awesome. We did a two-parter almost thing. Almost did, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 I, I really good like, companions. I read yeah. your review this morning. It's really good. Yeah. It is. <laughs> Jane, you ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> no, Richard's review made me you know, get mine into shape. <laughs> <laughs> so in the spirit of Avengers Age of Ultron, I'm Richard Gray. I'm Dave McVeigh. I'm David Longo. <laughs> and this is Behind the... Behind the Panels is a production of geekactually.com. 